Alrighty, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Two Minute Drill. Just like last week, you got me, Dom, and David. If you hate that, well, that sucks for you. If you love it, then awesome. Here we go. Um, actually showed up on time and didn't come in late. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Dom. Uh, Dom got his poop in before the episode, so that's good. I'm not if even. You... I'm not even gonna say anything. it's okay i'll try not to trigger don too early into the episode we'll wait a little bit but if you watched uh football this week whether it was college or professional definitely lots of ups and downs we had some key injuries throughout the week we'll get to obviously the big one we'll talk about but we're going to go ahead and start in our quarter one here with our recap time and just real quick guys who's everybody's player of the week this week yeah so my player of the week i think has got to be Tua for him to come out week one and play as well as he did, put up the stats that he did and really lead lead the Dolphins to a good win over a good team in the Chargers. Um, it was good to see him healthy coming back from the highs and lows of last year um, and not really letting it bother him too much. I mean, I think this is the best that we've ever seen him play in the NFL. And, you know, fingers crossed he stays healthy and, and is able to put up more performances like this. He was kind of on my list, but I actually went with his teammate in Tyreek Hill. I think he had 207 or 210 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Like, um, I know before the season, Tyreek Hill said he wanted to receive over 2,000 passing yards this year, but I think somebody said if he kept this pace up, which is going to be really hard, I don't think he'll do that every week, but if he kept the pace up, he would actually have closer to like 3,000, if not more, receiving yards this year. So I think for me, he was the player of the week just because he made it extremely easy on Tua to kind of come back. He was open a lot. Um, he was cooking, cooking JC. So I just think that, you know, he came ready to play this year. Him and Tua are clicking. That's going to be a fun pairing, but he was my player of the week this week. David, who do you got? I also had Tua myself. He made me really regret not playing him in fantasy league this week. I mean, you can't deny 465 year years 465 yards that's what i meant to say uh three touchdowns and one interception hard to not deny that yes don't get me wrong tyree killed it freaking phenomenal and he definitely helped to get to that point but you still can't take away damn near 500 yards yeah he had a phenomenal game i mean i think I think a lot of people forget, you know, we we hold Jalen Hurts in such high regard, but, you know, Jalen Hurts was the second option to Tua in college. You know, I know college is different than the pros, but, you know, he was, Tua was more talented than what Jalen Hurts was in college. So, you know, as long as Tua can stay healthy and he has the weapons around him, I think, I think we could see a, a resurgence to his career and, and kind of him get started off and us see him in that that same light that we kind of see Jalen Hurts at this point. So who? what was everybody's game of the week? Uh, David, we'll start with you. Hard not to choose the Miami uh, Dolphins and Los Angeles Chargers game. It was a two-point win for Miami, 36-34. to uh, Could have gone either way, but uh, Miami's defense showed up in the end. 
However, Herbert did go 23 for 33, 228 yards, one touchdown. But it, and that team mostly took it to the ground control and for Eckler and Kelly, as well as Herbert to some degree. But Eckler and Kelly had like 200 yards combined and two touchdowns. And I, and I was saying this earlier at work, but if it's like, if Miami can get just 80% or like, I would say more 65 to 80% of what they got week one, they're going to be freaking unstoppable, unstoppable for the season. They just need their, their defense to step up a little bit more. Yeah, true, true. Uh, Dom, what was your game of the week this week? For me, it's hard to pick one game. Um, the Thursday night game with the Lions and the Chiefs was an amazing game. Um, love that the, the Lions were able to make a statement and, and take down the Chiefs. Um, but, man, that game last night, um, I know Aaron Rodgers hurt after four plays, but a, a walk-off punt return in overtime, like they, you can't beat that. Um, so, yeah, if I had to pick one, probably be um, the Monday night game with the Jets and the Bills. Yeah, I think this like this week we had two really good primetime games. You know, I think the Thursday night game yeah. was a really good quality game. I think that was a good matchup that they did that that first week. And, you know, the Monday night game, obviously, I, we'll get into it more. I think we were hoping that it would go differently than what it did. But it was still a really good competitive game. I think Josh Allen let the Jets be a little bit more competitive in that game than what they should have been. But the walk-off punt, man, that's uh, that's something that you don't really see very often. And I almost feel like the return game has been very obsolete recently. We haven't had very many like really good return pe- return men in a long time. Um, not saying that, you know, this kid's going to be the next great return man, but to see something like that, to see a game be affected that way, I think is, is just very interesting. Um, so yeah, for me, it's kind of hard to pick just one. I do think that when you look at the battle of Ohio, I know it wasn't necessarily like a great game for Joe Burrow, but it was raining. It was a very gritty game. Um, I think getting a chance to see that Browns team, um, really kind of click on all cylinders and be healthy. I think that 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 was a fun game to watch. So I don't know. I I know week one, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, they they have struggled the past couple years, so they'll get clicking. I I think their next matchup will be a lot more fun to watch, but I think that that was a game for me that I was watching specifically just to kind of see what that team looked like um, as a whole. Because on paper, they should be a playoff team. So I wanted to see them show that. So those were kind of my three games of the week there. Um, let's kind of throw this around. If you have a player um, and a team, then you can give that. If you just have one, that's fine. But what team or player yeah, disappointed player. you the most uh, this past week? Don, we'll start with you. The entire Jets organization. Or not Jets, Giants. The entire Giants organization. I was like, dang, what they do? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, that, sorry, I... I, I was thinking New York teams. Um, we were we recently talked about the Monday night game, so I said the Jets. No, the entire Giants organization. Um, you, this was a team won a playoff game last year, believe it or not, 
you signed Daniel Jones to, uh, I think, a, a respectable contract. Yeah, it's it's a lot of money, but compared to what some of the other quarterbacks are getting nowadays, what they paid for Daniel Jones is not that much in comparison to other quarterbacks. Um, there was a lot of tension in the offseason off with Saquon Barkley. And you come out here week one and have one of, if not the worst, performances I've ever seen in in a team. I mean, it's it was just embarrassing. And they it, it was what made it even worse was it was at home. Like yeah. forty to was it forty to nothing? Yeah. Something and, like and all and unbelievable. Out all, the stadium by what well, and what made it worse for me is that it was to the freaking Cowboys. The team that I hate the most in the NFL. <laughs> Listen, I mean the, the the Cowboys might not be a bad team this year. I think a lot a lot of times the fans will be like, "It's our year." Now, do I think they're going to win a Super Bowl this year? No, but I think when you look at their ad- additions that they made, especially on the defensive side of the ball, um, that's a team that could be competitive throughout the year and into the playoffs. So, like, I don't want to take anything away from the Cowboys. I'll give my disappointing, my most disappointing, you know, player team after David, but I just wanted to like the Giants. I'm not surprised that they suck. Like, if I'm being completely honest, like I think last year was very much a fluke. I think Daniel Jones is a backup quarter at best, and he's making starting quarterback money. Like, I, I don't understand how you give a guy who I think what he threw like twenty something touchdowns in the teens of interceptions, like. He barely threw over three thousand yards, so you're 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 looking at a guy that's like at best, like I think who uh, what Jacoby Brissett had similar stats with Cleveland, maybe a little bit worse touchdown wise, but like I I don't know. I mean, I just think that that team is. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised they got blown out that bad. Um, not I mean. Blown. I, I think I agree that last year was a little bit of an overachievement, but forty to nothing. It's a it's and a bad organization. It always has been. And you gave like I said, you gave a bad they haven't always been, but well not recently bad, but recent yeah, sorry, recently. Um but I mean, like I said, I, I fully believe they, they gave a backup quarterback that kind of money. And this will be a topic later on we'll kind of get into, but I'm not surprised that, that they that they lost that bad. But David, who's your like team or player or both that that disappointed you the most this past week um and you're gonna probably hate me for this no no i'm i'm probably no, gonna he's gonna he's gonna say the steelers no i'm, I'm gonna agree with you because that was gonna be probably mine so <laughs> so i'm gonna say the steelers on this one because you had a lot of people that were expecting way better than what they were supposed to do yeah you can you can easily pass the you could be very easily disappointed in the New York Giants. But at the same time, you could pass, like you say I said, <clears throat> excuse me. Like you guys said, that could very easily be passed off as a so and so for us, we are the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like year in and year out, regardless. No, I I agree. I think this is this is why it's disappointing to me because I I don't think any of us thought that the Steelers were going to go into that game and actually win it. 
right? It's the 49ers. As long as Brock Purdy comes back and looks the same way they did last year, they're going to win that game. But to just completely fall apart, I think that's what is... I think that's telling, right? I think I said even last week, and I tell a bunch of people like, hey, if Kenny Pickett could come out and take that next step, then this team is going to take that next step. And he didn't, right? He got pressured. They were down big early. Like, things weren't going their way. And he did not adapt and overcome. And the rest of that offense didn't either. Now, I think that defense did as good as a job as they could have, right? You have TJ Watt who had like two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery. I think he had three sacks. So he clearly went out there and did what he was supposed to do. I think uh, Quan Alexander had like nine tackles. Like, so that defense was just on the field so much that they just, they could not keep up because they were putting so much time in. So I think that they need to go back in the lab and really, help those young guys understand that when they get down big, they have to stay calm, cool, and collected and just keep chugging along. And the other thing I think is there was too much. They got the hype got in their head too much. It's preseason. I understand that you were successful. I understand that you had good times and that's fine. And people can be excited about you. I think your fan base should be excited about you. Every single year, the Browns are excited. The fan base about the Browns are excited about them. And they didn't have success until they started actually drafting well the past five years, right? So that happens. Same with other organizations like the Bears, like the Lions, like the Jets. These organizations that have gone through these downtimes. The Steelers are in a downtime. You have to take it with stride. And I think they let it get to their heads. And I think they have to go back and be like, okay. Let's not do that. We have to play. I, I don't know. I mean, that that to me was one of the ones where we were disappointed. But at the same time, I think people were overhyping Pittsburgh a little bit as a Pittsburgh fan without really seeing it first in real in real time because you have no idea what you're going to do. And against that 49ers defense, which I think arguably is probably the best defense in the league, you can make an argument for the Browns defense that they might be better than them, but I just think that the 49ers pass rush with Nick Bosa is ridiculous. Um, so I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see what they do against the Browns this week because they're going to face a very similar type of defense where they're going to be under fire all day long. And can Kenny Pickett figure that out? So um, I don't think I had anybody else over them. That was disappointing. But... I don't know. Anything else to add to those three topics, guys, before we move on? No. I mean, I guess. Uh, sorry, I started to talk, then I realized I was muted. Um, <laughs> no, you're good. I mean, I guess, you know, I think I don't want to speak for Steelers fans, but I, I hope you guys learned the lesson that Browns have, Browns fans have learned over the last couple of years. Um, David, how many times in our lifetime have the Browns been preseason champions? And we go into the right <laughs> with a lot of hype. And it turns out that it was just preseason. Um, doesn't really mean anything. Um, the year that the Browns went 0-16, they were 4-0 in the preseason. And Back. everyone thought, oh, wow, we got, you know, some young talent, got some building blocks, and then, well, they go winless. So I, I understand there was a lot of hype in the, in the preseason, but, you know, it's different when you're playing against backups and guys that are fighting to make the roster 
than you go in week one and you're you're playing actual starters. Um, yeah. I hope it was learning experience, hoping it was a little humbling for them and they can get back to work because um, I feel like the team needed to be humbled a little bit. Yeah, and it's a young team. That's that's the biggest thing I think is like they they need to understand that they, they're talented. Najee Harris is talented. Kenny Pickett is talented. George Pickens is talented, right? John Deontay John Johnson is talented. But that's not all that's going to get you wins. Um you have to be able to go out there and actually do it. And I think that this gives them the opportunity to be like, wow, when we go out there and we have too big of a head and we think nothing can beat us, then we're going to get our butts kicked. So I don't know. It'd be interesting. I still think this team is a good team. I still think that everything is on Kenny Pickett's shoulders and whether or not he can be a successful quarterback in the NFL, but it's going to be on him. And if he can't do it, this is a I think this is a prove it year. And if he can't, then they need to move in the next direction. But and, and see, mm, I was I was done until you said that. I feel like in the modern day NFL, we're too quickly judgmental of quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett is in his second year. Well, I'm not of, I'm not saying of, of not not a not a full rebuild, but but a retooling of, of the team. Yeah, but I'm not so I'm not I feel saying... like I wouldn't say this is a make or break year for but him. It, but it is, I think, but I it think is it's in regards still kind of, him, of early in his it, career. It is, it is in regards of him actually like showing that he can be productive. I'm not saying he needs to go out there and win a Super Bowl or he needs to go out there and be the best quarterback that he can be. But he no, can't, I'm not saying that either. But he can't but he can't go out there and you know turn no. the ball over multiple times in a game. He can't go out there and not be able to put together offensive drives, right? If he can't do that. Then yes, I do. I do think that they should start looking at other options, whether that's trying to find another option in the draft, or whether that's trying to find a veteran quarterback. Or how about a new offensive coordinator? Because Matt Canada should have never been brought back. And that 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 is Pickett, that is, Pickett is he's only twenty five, and he's in his second year. Yeah, I feel like it's it, it's too early to say. Oh, it's his second year. He had another mediocre year. He's never going to be a starting caliber quarterback. There's been plenty of quarterbacks that took a little bit longer to develop that maybe weren't in the best situation for them at the time, and then they they end up developing into a good quarterback. So, but like who? I would say Geno Smith. He had an amazing year last year. Let's we'll have to wait and see for how this season plays out, but he could I mean, be hell. It, it took Tua a couple years to, to really figure things out. Yeah, But Tua's, but Tua's was injuries. It wasn't, it wasn't bad play. Like Injury. that's, that's, that's different. That's different than bad but he, play. But he, Kenny Pickett had a couple bad games to start his career. And then he, he was average to slightly good. had I mean, listen, I, I guess being good at his rookie year. I guess, I guess in retrospective, sure. Could you give him another year? Of course. I think that if Daniel Jones gets all four years of his, you know, of his rookie contract and he gets extended, then sure. Yes. I guess yeah, five years of his rookie deal, whatever it is in theory, I guess you could give him another year of, of development, another year of progression. I'm just saying, and if there, if there doesn't seem to be any growth, that's all I'm saying. If there's no growth this year, throughout the year, then I don't think that you could confidently go into next season being like, "That's our guy." You know what I'm saying? Like, if 
I, I, just, I get that, but I also think you have one of the worst offensive coordinators in the league that I think is really holding back any pick. So, I mean, if he's making bad reads and underthrowing people and his technique is bad, then yeah, that that's on Kenny Pickett. But that's all I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not saying that like he needs to be a, like a pro bowler. That's not what I'm saying. I just need him to go out there and be efficient, not turn the ball over and make sure the offense moves down the field. You know what I'm saying? We don't need to be, you know, 10, 11, 12 wins. I just need to see that he's taken another step forward and that he can be a productive starter. But I think that his, I think his leash is a lot shorter than other people's because of, you know, who he is. So I just. Well, and the Steelers are in a tight spot because if, if things go as planned, they're probably going to be around eight to nine wins this year, probably 10. You could, you could probably make an argument for 10 wins if, if Kenny Pickett really starts to, you know, develop, but worst case scenario, there are eight wins. You're, you're not going to get a top quarterback. No, like you're, you're never going to be in a situation where you're at the top of the draft being able to get the top talent. So you're going to be stuck with Kenny Pickett, Daniel Jones, like Ryan Tannehill, that tier of quarterback. Yeah. We'll see. Like right now, that's our most disappointed team. Maybe they turn it around. Maybe they don't. Um, but we'll go ahead and move on. We're going to move into quarter two, college football. If you guys uh, didn't watch any college football this weekend, you missed a good game in Texas versus Alabama. So that game saw Texas beat Alabama 34-24. to um, Notable players in that on the Texas side. As an Ohio State fan, this one hurts, but you watched uh, Quinn Ewers throw 349 yards and three touchdowns on Alabama. And then on the other side, their quarterback, Jalen Milrow, threw for 255 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. So for you guys, we'll go ahead and go around. Either of you can start. Just give me your initial reaction from this game. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you to Texas for just taking out Alabama. I hope it's first of many losses for them. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, Texas. There, there's been so much hype around this this program for what, the last five, six years of Texas finally being back, and they never lived up to it. Um, but I think this year we're finally starting to see Texas being back as as a major program. Um, it's good for college football, obviously good for Texas, and kind of sucks for Alabama. Yeah, and I was like, I'm shocked that Texas was able to make it come back to the I guess you could say onto the scene. And that's my kind of like initial reaction. I'm happy they did it against uh, Alabama. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. Yeah. And the the effect of NIL on college football is, uh, is the more, uh, how do I want to say this? The, uh, the talent is being spread out more between teams and you're going to start seeing the Texas the FSU, Oklahoma, so on and so on, these programs that have had successful pasts be able to use that booster money that they have and uh, give it to these guys so they can come to their program. And Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State are not going to be able to get all the top talent anymore. 
So they're going to have to deal with what they got, and they got to play against other teams that are going to have some top talent. Um, and you you saw that with Texas versus Alabama. So definitely uh, very interesting. Dom Dom loves it because he he hates Alabama. So Texas winning is good for him. And you know I I I agree. I think I think it's good for college football that we have some different people on the top. You know, obviously with the expanded playoff, as long as Alabama wins out, they would probably make it in the 12-team playoff next year anyway. But, um, yeah, definitely a good game. My next question for you guys is, you know, Quinn Ewers, he's eligible to be drafted in the next draft. I don't think he can really afford to stay another year at Texas because they have Arch Manning who's waiting and Arch Manning is not going to wait too many more years before he's going to want to play and want to start collecting his NIL money. So they'd have to make a decision next year, whether to, you know, keep Quinn Ewers for another year or move on to Arch Manning, I believe. So do you think so far this season, especially after this Alabama game, do you think that Quinn Ewers looks like he could be, you know, an NFL quarterback or do you think maybe he needs another year under his belt? And what does that look like for Texas going forward? Honestly, I think if he can hold up what he did against Alabama, then yes, he is definitely NFL ready. I think he should go to the NFL and give Arch Manning a chance. Excuse me. However, if he's not ready in at least to be a starter or whatever, then he's probably either way. I think he should go to the NFL and either be given one year as an NFL starter or one year on the bench, kind of like a Jordan love situation, which by the way, he was an absolute surprise this week on a side note. I definitely forgot about him for player of the week. Cause I do think he, he did have a really good week, but but that's an extreme side note. Back to the topic. Um, so either way, I think he should be in the NFL regardless. But it depends on how his season plays out, where he should be in the NFL. Okay, Dom. Yeah, I think right now he's definitely uh, he's definitely going to be a first round pick. Um, if I were him, I would go after this year because um, there's really nothing. It's not going to benefit him really to stay another year. Um, I don't. I don't see him being top of the draft. I, I think if he can be mid to late first and kind of be in a situation where he could sit behind someone for a year and and learn the game. Um, a team that immediately jumps to my mind is is either the Saints or the Raiders, because um, I I don't think either of those teams really have their long term answer at quarterback, um, but the rosters around them were too good to just tank, so they 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 took you know competent NFL quarterbacks who could maybe get them competitive for the playoffs. So I, I think a situation like that, especially the Saints, really, um, if you can sit behind Derek Carr for a year. And then you know, learn the game, and then be thrown to Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara, and you know the the rest of that squad. And I think they'll be good. Yeah, I mean the Saints. Honestly, he might even be able to sit behind Derek Carr for two years. Like the yeah, I just don't want him to be in a Jordan Love situation, sitting behind um, 
a quarterback for four years, like Jordan Love did. Granted, he sat behind Aaron Rodgers. Um, it, very, it very, clearly, very different. It clearly works it, out. Because <laughs> yeah. the Packers have done it twice now. So, I mean, yes, I, I, I think, I think three or four years is maybe a little bit too much, especially when you have somebody who's that talented. I think Jordan Love was always a guy that there was a ton of question marks about, right? And so, I think, but with Quinn Ewers, he's a guy that, you know, max two years, minimum one year. You know what I mean? Unless of injury, but. All right, got a question for you guys, and I, I just thought of this literally right now. Um, you know, now that we've seen a pretty successful transition to uh, Jordan Love, this is now the third good quarterback in a row, the third time or the second time that they've had a, a quarterback sit for well, hold a on before of years. Be, before we call this a successful okay. transition, off of, off of the first game, off of the yeah, first yeah, game, yeah. it's it's looking. Like it's trending in the right direction, at least. Um, do you think it's going to finally start to change how we view rookie quarterbacks? No, because I feel like I feel like you know in the past, quarterbacks were expected to sit for a year or two behind whoever was the starter, and then they would transition into the starting role. Or now, if they're drafted in the first round, they're starting right away if they're ready or not. And I feel like that kind of sets a lot of quarterbacks up for failure. Because here's here here's why. Here's why that most teams won't do that method. The first reason is because most teams who are drafting that high in the draft don't have a starting caliber quarterback already on their team. That's why they're drafting that high. Well, um, yeah. You have the 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 instances that we've seen it happen where it works out is you had the Chiefs who were drafting middle of the pack with Alex Smith and you have Alex Smith who is a is a was a very good starting quarterback when he was healthy, right? So Patrick Mahomes was able to sit behind him. The Packers, middle of the first round. I think they moved up like four, three or four spots or whatever to get him. But they have Aaron Rodgers, future Hall of Famer. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a very competent starter in the NFL. You can go all the way back to Brady um, and then Roethlisberger with Tommy Maddox, right? So, and the only reason those guys played was because their guys in front of them got hurt. So I think that for the most part, like next year, right? You're going to have the Arizona Cardinals that are probably going to have the first pick, theoretically. theoretically. They don't have a guy that is really, I mean, unless Kyler Murray, they keep Kyler Murray, but if they're going to have the first overall pick, I see them just shipping him out somewhere. So they're not going to have a guy on the roster that's really going to be able to play and win games and teach a young quarterback. So Caleb Williams is going to have to start right away. Um, The other thing is ownership is not allowing coaches to have much leeway if they're not winning games you're gone and sometimes we see them gone in the first year sometimes they only get two years so instead of letting them build the program instead of letting them develop the players they're just shipping them out so i mean i think that was like that was the biggest thing that our coral that i had with the browns for all those years is they wouldn't give any coach over three years 
And then, you know, we finally got what Hugh got four years or something, three or four years. Yeah. Um, so I think that that gave them a, cause then they had a Hugh Jack and then, um, oh, the GM, I can't think of his name. You know who I'm talking about though. Oh, you, I, I froze there for a second. What, what um, the Browns, the Browns GM they had while he was coach. Um, oh, they had, um, they had Dorsey, Sa- or- Sa- Sashi Dorsey. Brown. Dorsey. Um, well, Sashi Brown and then uh, Dorsey. Yeah, but those, but Dor- those Dorsey, guys. Dorsey is the one that, that fired Hugh and then signed Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, but whatever. Those guys did a really good job drafting over that time. Um, and then now you have, you know, Kevin Stefanski who's been in there. He's, what, in his third season now, fourth season now. So fourth, yeah, so I thought. So I just think that longevity, you know what I mean? Like clearly the Pittsburgh Steelers over the past – three seasons have not been as competitive that they have been in the past, but there is no sign of them getting rid of Mike Tomlin because you need that consistency in there. Now, obviously if you're going to have, you're going to let somebody go for 10 years and it's mediocrity, then sure move on to somebody else. But I think that, that those, those are the two reasons in which rookie quarterbacks are always going to start when they're drafted in the first round and especially higher in the first round because job security and there's no guy in front of them that can hold them off. Um, like, that just is what it is. So there's not very many situations like Jordan loves, um, like Aaron Rodgers had. It's just not the way it is anymore. And then, too, like, when those but guys – when those Teams guys can sign league, someone as a transition quarterback, like someone like Gardner Minshew would be great – for a team like the Cardinals to start for a year, is he though? Have Kate, I, I think Gardner Minshew could, could could be a, a, a decent starter. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be in. Could he? He's not going to be an all. He could. He couldn't beat out Bryce Young. Like, and Bryce Young had he, honestly had a shit. He's, first on the, week. he's on the Colts. Or no, sorry, Anthony Richardson. He couldn't beat out Anthony Richardson. So you're you're like, but that's that's what I'm saying. Like Gardner Minshew is he's a good. He's he's a NFL quarterback, right? You made it to the NFL, but let's not kid ourselves. Like that's not a guy that, first of all, you want your young quarterback to learn from because Gardner Minshew is still learning, and he's not a guy that's going to win you games and make the playoffs for you. Like, just I mean, it's just the reality of the situation. So, like you're talking about very few quarterbacks. Like, there's very few quarterbacks. Like, I think Derek Carr could be a guy that a quarterback can learn from. Jimmy G could be a guy. Maybe Ryan Tannehill, but even then, he's kind of fallen off. Like, Kirk Cousins would be a great mentor for a quarterback. I think that's a guy that could, you know, if the Vikings, if Quinn Ewers fell to the back of the first round, I think the Vikings would be a great spot for him because he could sit behind Kirk Cousins for a couple years. But... I, I don't know. There's I think just his not... contract is up at the end of this year, isn't it? Or did he get extended? Um, I do think it's up, but I don't see why they don't extend him because I don't know where else they would go. Like, there's not really many other unless unless they think, hey, we'll trade for Kyler or something. But that's, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that just sounds dumb. Like I, I, I feel like well... I feel like he'll be back. Drafting Kyler Murray was a mistake in the first place, but that, that's a topic for a different episode. Anyway, let's oh, keep yeah. going. You can't control him when he gets a call of, call of duty every year. Guys, listen, it's important, okay? Anyway. Well, 
<laughs> let's finish this, guys. Okay. Jeez. Third topic for this <laughs> for this one. What uh what does the next five years look for Alabama realistically? Personally, for me, I think we see more of what we saw versus Texas, where top teams, they're gonna drop some games. And I think we start to see the end of Saban's career. That's my opinion. What do you guys think? I mean, I'd agree with that. I mean, Saban's how old now? Um, it's like seventy. I, I, huh? It's like seventy something, I think. Yeah, he he's he's getting up there. So obviously, we're gonna see the see the end of his career soon. Um, I don't know. I I still feel like they're gonna be a top twelve team. So they'll they'll always be in the playoffs. Um, unless something you know drastic really happens, I don't really see them falling off where they're not a playoff team. Um, they'll probably win maybe a, a championship here or there, but I, I do think that college football is getting more and more competitive. I think that this might be just a hiccup. Yeah, he he could retire soon because, like you said, he's in his seventies now, and. I think that it's more of he's retiring. If he does retire, it's more due to age and not due to the lack of success. Because at the end of the day, it's still Alabama. People are still going to want to go to Alabama for the money regardless. So I don't think that they this will change. It might be one down bad year, but people will still want to go to Alabama just because it's Alabama. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, let us know what you guys think at home about Alabama, about Alabama and Texas. Clearly, uh, a changing of the guard there this year. But you know, does Alabama bring it back, or are we kind of see more of the same over the next five years? Uh, last one for college football, guys. The week three's uh, AP poll was out. I just want to look at the top ten. I'll go from one to ten here for you. We got Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Texas. USC, Ohio State, Penn State, Washington, Notre Dame, Alabama, and Tennessee. Alabama is the only one-loss team in the top 10, um, and they're only the second team in the top 25 that has one loss. The other is LSU. So what do you guys think about that top 10? Do you think there's somebody that's too high, or do you think maybe somebody's too low? What's our opinions on it? What was the top 10 again? I'm sorry, I missed it. Yeah, I'm bringing it up now. It's You got uh, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Texas, USC, Ohio State, Penn State, Washington, Notre Dame, Alabama. That's the top 10. Yeah, Notre Dame is overrated as always. Yeah, Notre Dame, I would say, is up there. Washington. Do you, do you really think they're overrated? I think so. They... They always get a ton of hype, mm-hmm. and I don't know that they, they. I mean, who have they played? They played Navy. They played Navy, Tennessee State, and NC State. They when they start playing better competition, I know they got Ohio State coming up, Duke, USC, Clemson. You know, later on in the schedule, if, if they can knock off some of those teams, then talk to me. But early in the season, they always beat up on on teams that they should beat up on and everyone thinks, Oh, here's Notre Dame. They're going to be a title contender. And then they, they lose four to five games every year because they can't play against top opponents. I I just think it's I different. Think it's- 
like this is but why like what what makes it different I listen I'm not saying that they're not going to lose a game this year I think they have to play Ohio State they have to play USC right so they're going to drop one of those games I don't think they come out with both of them but I I believe in Marcus Freeman this is his second year he's had an opportunity like a two full off seasons to build the team that he wants um I think they have a a decent quarterback who could develop into a really good college football starter maybe even you know make it make his way to the NFL at some point but I think this defense is going to be pretty solid I think this is a team that you know a lot of people are going to view it the way that you view it and they're going to sleep on them a little bit now do I think that they're a national championship team no I at this point I need to see them play somebody better than like you said what they played but they handled their business against them you know what I mean that's more than what we can say for what Ohio State did the the past two weeks so I don't know. I think that it's up in the air, but I I do believe that Marcus Freeman can put together a good team. Um, I, like I said, I don't think they're going to win a national championship, but I don't think we see them lose four games this year. I think that's a little, it's a little much. You know what I mean? I mean, but, it's what they did last year. But I guess I, I guess know. my question is to you though. Like, so they they sit at nine, right? The teams underneath them. Do you think Alabama's a better team than them? Uh, hold on, I'm looking at the rest of the – I mean, Tennessee, I think, could be a little bit higher. Um, like Utah, Oregon, I mean – Because when was the last time Washington ever was ever relevant? They, I mean, they've been, they, they, they've been a decent program. They've been in the mix. Um, I mean, I, I think the only team that, like, I think could be – I think Utah maybe is a team that – Maybe should be sitting at ten. Alabama should be Utah on the outside. Or Tennessee. Yeah, like I think I think if you um, took... Alabama. I I understand why they dropped so much because they lost, but they also did lose to Texas, who's now number four in the country. Um, so that's not like it was a horrible loss. So I feel like they they dropped down maybe a little bit more than they than they should have. Um, I think for them to drop seven spots was a little much. They ba- they basically um, flipped with Texas. They just flipped spots. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would I would swap Notre Dame and Tennessee. You would you would leave Alabama above Notre Dame? Yeah, because they play better competition. Like if your loss is to a team that's now the number four team of the country, meanwhile Notre Dame has played Navy, Tennessee State, and NC State. Those those wins don't tell me anything. Now, and NC State's a, a pretty competent program. They're not. You know, but then at, at not that, the Citadel, but then Tennessee State and Navy, like the, but then those in, wins don't in tell your me. in your logic. Texas is number one and Alabama is number two because everybody's played cupcake opponents to start the season. Like that's not that's not even like a you know what I mean. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like so they have one loss. To be fair, they shouldn't even be in the top ten if we're being completely honest. Like. I, I could see them still being in the top 25 because, yes, they played Texas. That's their only loss. But I think you could easily slide Alabama down underneath Oregon. I think they could be 13th right above LSU, who's 14th. I think that's a fair that's a fair spot. Um, and I think they'd have to work their way back up. But I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, because I don't think like Michigan's played nobody. They're number two. <laughs> like, yeah, well, 
you know, the, you look at the rest of the top 25, you know, LSU and, and Alabama are the only ones that have a loss. So then realistically, maybe they should be 24, 25, since they're the only ones that have lost them. If, if going off of, of what you were saying in your logic. No, I'm, I'm saying out of, out of those top programs up the top, you know what I mean? Talent wise, when you look at them playing, like, I just think that I obviously think the bottom half of that, this top 25, I think clearly, you know, Alabama would beat them. You know, I think, I think that they would, it would be a competitive game with some of them, but I do think that they would win. But I just I, I don't think, think I think head to head Alabama would beat Notre Dame. I think Tennessee would beat Notre Dame and, and Utah would beat Notre Dame for sure. I don't think Tennessee would. I could see Utah beating Notre Dame. So I could be comfortable with that. Yeah, I guess Alabama could beat Notre Dame, but I don't know. I mean, I, I think Alabama could beat Washington. I think if we're being honest, I think yeah. Alabama could beat Penn State. So well, for Ohio State's sake, I hope that they beat Penn State <laughs> if they were to ever play. I don't know. Who knows? Ohio State's kind of looking a little mid, so um, man, I, I'm surprised Ohio State's not any lower. But I don't know. Let us know what you guys think at home about the top 10, top 25 maybe in general. Um, maybe you think somebody like Colorado should be higher if you're at home. Who knows? Uh, but there's a lot of good quality teams in the top 25, I think, we're still pretty early in the season, so once we get maybe near week five, it'll shake up and we'll kind of really see what teams are about once they get into conference play and start playing some actually quality opponents and stuff like that. But Yeah, I can't wait to see Michigan lose. I hope they lose a lot. They're not. <laughs> you know, think... they're, they're, playing, they're playing Bowling Green on Saturday on the Big Ten Network. Yeah, Ohio um, State just played Youngstown. So, like, I mean – know. Well, no, but my, my next sentence was going to be, I would love to see Bowling Green just destroy them. Like, I don't think that that's what's I just I just want Michigan to lose every single game possible. I don't care. They can, they can go out there and, and play, you know, David's high school team, and I would be rooting for that high school team. Oh, God. All right. We've lost the rails. All right, into quarter three since quarter one, quarter two. Uh, the first half was extended. Uh, we got some extra playing time like we're playing uh, in the Premier League here. So we're going to quarter three. Uh, we're going to the current topics in the NFL. Um, listen, when I put this topic down, um, Monday night hadn't happened yet. So the question was. You, you could have you edited it. Out well to be it's still relevant, right? But out of the injuries during week one, <laughs> which one I'm editing it for you besides was the, besides most, was the most detrimental to their team. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is the most detrimental injury to their team. I mean, how not? Let's be yeah. honest. So beside yeah. besides Aaron Rodgers for you guys, because we'll get into you know his injury in the next topic and what the jets are going to do from there. But, you know, besides him is there's who else, you know, who else's injury was the most detrimental to their team. David, I'll start with you. Uh, well, granted I had Aaron Rodgers, So I <laughs> thought into that. That's and fine. That- you know, you can, you can go with Aaron Rodgers. That's me. I didn't really, uh, I didn't really edit it. I just kind of left it because I figured we would talk about Aaron Rodgers anyway. Um, I, you know, for you guys, for Browns fans, I feel like Conklin, um, 
is a pretty big injury for you guys. Now, I am yeah. a, I'm a big believer in the rookie coming up from Ohio State that's going to start. I think that yeah. I think that them getting uh was it Dewan Jones? Yeah, Dewan and Jones. Dewan Jones is going to start and I think Luke Whipler as a center, I think he's going to be a good productive center in in the NFL at some point. So I think those were two really good pickups in later rounds of the draft that will be really good productive starters for them. But I, I still I think you can't you can't replace the knowledge and the experience of a veteran like that. Um, you know, Jones is still gonna struggle because he's a rookie. And I think that not having that steady guy there for Deshaun Watson so that Deshaun Watson can continue to grow and, and get back to what he was. Um, I think that that. That to me, that seems like the most detrimental one to this point. Yeah, but at least the Browns have Bill Callahan, who's the best offensive lineman coach in the league. And he's got other veterans that he can learn from on the field. And I'm sure Conklin's still going to be in the building. But I, I do agree that, that it is a pretty devastating injury. Yeah. Did you guys have anybody else? I mean, there really wasn't like... I'd say I'd say J.K. Dobbins. But yeah, I mean, that you, you got to think too, like, Every year, he flashes like just amazing talent. I and think he needs just, to retire. And then he just has this like season-ending injury. And it's really sad because, you know, watching him at Ohio State and then watching him be able to come into the NFL and be as productive as he was and just battle these injuries year in and year out, it sucks because he opens that game up with uh, – with a really good touchdown, and then, yeah, I don't know. What were you going to say, Dom? Um, I think he needs to really consider just hanging it up. I mean, he's had – he's been in the league, what, this is his third year, fourth year? I think it's his third year. And every year he's had – I think this uh, is year four. Is this year four? Yeah. Either way, every single year he's had a devastating season-ending injury. Um, and the, the last couple of years have been very early in the season. So I, you know, his, his knee injuries, on, and then you throw this Achilles on top of it. I don't see how he can come back from this. Um, if I were him, I I would really consider just hanging it up. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, he has to answer that question. I think, uh, transitioning into the next topic. I think Rogers has to answer that question as well, too, being 39, almost 40, tearing his Achilles. Obviously, <laughs> I think we all agree that's probably the most devastating injury this week, um, probably for the whole season, because I think at least two of us had them being super productive this year. I had Aaron Rodgers. Um, winning MVP. I had Garrett Wilson winning Offensive Player of the Year. I think David had them go into the Super Bowl, maybe even winning it. I think I forget, but um, clearly. Yeah, I don't Super Bowl and winning. Yeah, clearly this is devastating. So from this point, where do the Jets go from here? Um, I guess in, in multiple facets this season and then beyond. In my opinion, right now, Zach Wilson's probably the best option. Um, maybe trade for Matt Stafford if the Rams see, uh, well, yeah, we had a good week one. 
but are we really going to be competitive in this division? Um, I don't think so. You know, maybe trading for Matt Stafford, not a not a bad option considering his. It, it looks like he's healthy. He's fully recovered from his injuries, um, and the, the the roster that the Jets have, like it's it's a good roster. Um, it would kind of be a similar situation for him uh, when he was traded to the Rams in the first place. So I think he'd be able to step in there and and kind of succeed really and then take this team to where they want to go other than that if they don't stick with zach wilson i mean there's no one else really out there unless they want to bring in carson wentz um you know maybe i don't know like i see cam newton available colt mccoy brent hunley Yo, colt joe McCoy. flacco's done matt ryan's done I, I heard colt mccoy got cut because he couldn't throw the ball down the field so i don't think that's really an option well i mean he Throwing the ball down the field has always been a struggle for him throughout his entire career. But now at, at his age, um, <laughs> it's definitely well, no, like, like I, I wasn't I wasn't trying to be mean. Like he's never been a guy that that's been known for having a super strong arm. No, no, I'm I'm saying like they the the reports were saying that he could barely like put any zip on the ball anymore. Like it'd be like a ten yard pass and it it wouldn't get there. It'd be like it'd be yeah. like one of us throwing it, you know what I mean? Like it just be like a normal person. And yeah, he, I mean, he is he is older? Like he did, like he's extended he would his be, career longer than what we thought. He would be great as a locker room presence, as a mentor for a young quarterback. So maybe they they bring in someone like Colt McCoy just for helping Zach Wilson understand how to to read film or um, watch film and and prep for for games. But if you're looking for someone to actually come in and play and take over for Zach Wilson, I, I think trading for Stafford's probably your best bet because I think Carson Wentz is done, Matt Ryan's done, Joe Flacco's done. You know, there, there's really no other other options, and Tom Brady seems to be pretty content in retirement. Well, for now, but uh, he he's yeah. I mean, he he's said but I recently don't, that he's I don't really think content. the Jets are going to be the team that he comes back for. Especially no, not, not with his history with him. Yeah. This is what I'm going to say, right? I don't think you need to bring a veteran quarterback in to mentor Zach Wilson. I think you have one already. He just doesn't have an Achilles. So he doesn't need to he doesn't need to play, right? He just needs to be in the room. And I think that you go to Aaron Rodgers and you go, hey, if you would like to rehab and come back and play, then that's a conversation that we can have in the offseason. But as of right now, we would love nothing more than for you to still help this team achieve what we set out to do and try to win a Super Bowl. Would you come on and help coach in the quarterback room? Would you help coach with the offense? Aaron Rodgers is super smart. He has a lot of knowledge. He is probably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And I think... Week in, week out, if he's sitting next to Zach Wilson in the quarterback room, going over things, showing him things that he's seeing, helping him progress, I think this team is good enough, this defense is good enough, that if Zach Wilson can improve week to week, that they can make a playoff push. They just need a guy that can sit behind them just in case anything happens. Who that is, I don't know, but... The biggest thing is last year, Zach Wilson played so poorly 
that his own teammates were wearing Mike White shirts. That can't happen. You can't lose the locker room like that. So Zach Wilson has to has to be a solid starter. He doesn't need to win. He doesn't need to win you the games. The defense is good enough. You have two running backs who can run all over the field whenever they want. He just needs to take care of the ball and he needs to learn from Aaron Rodgers. And that that's what I would do. That would be my plan for this year. I don't really see anywhere else they can go. I mean, the the next best option for them other than trading for Matthew Stafford, which we'll get into it, but I don't think that the Rams are going to do that is probably Jameis Winston. But is that is Jameis Winston better than Zach Wilson at this point? He's he's going to throw a lot of touchdowns, but he's also going to throw a lot of interceptions. So you got to take the good with the bad. I mean, but, he he looked better than than he when he was in New Orleans. He looked better than he did in uh, in Tampa Bay, and, at least in terms of of controlling the ball and and not turning the ball over. And you you talk about downfield plays like he's going to be able to push the ball downfield accurately. So. Maybe that's that's one guy that if I'm the Jets, if I'm not super not convinced sure. that Zach Wilson's going to be able to be the guy, then I might go out and kick the tires on Jameis Winston and see like, hey, how much is it going to be to bring this guy in? And I would, you know, let Jam- be much. I would let Jameis Winston get used to the offense for a couple weeks, have a quarterback battle, whoever wins, boom, give him the job. You know what I mean? I don't think that there's any harm in that. So, but that's that's the only other route that I would go with that. So, um, all right, let's go ahead and move on to our next topic. We kind of talked about the Giants and their pretty bad loss. Real quick, yes or no answer, guys. You know, should the Giants be regretting the $45 million a year that they're giving Daniel Jones? Yes. I'd give it a second week, but as of right now, I'd say yes as well. I agree. I think that they should have regretted. I think they regretted it when they gave it to him. I just think they thought that there was nobody else that they could give it to, which is crazy. I, I don't know. That's a weird one. Like that's a, if they, if you were to tell me that they gave him $30 million a year. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Still a little much, but it is what it is, but he's making $5 million less than Patrick Mahomes makes in a year. That's good thing. It's not our money. Yes, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's Man. not our money, Nick. I don't care how billionaires spend their money. It's not ours. Ding dongs. All right, next topic. <laughs> so you know, Dom had kind of already mentioned the Rams before, but do you think that we were completely wrong about the Rams? I I think that we had I made the comment that their roster sucked and that they, you know, I thought that they should sell and go into rebuild mode. But they kind of walked over a Seattle Seahawks team that I think we all thought was going to make a playoff push. Were we wrong about the Rams? Or, you know, I guess as NFL fans in total, were we just, were we fooled by what the Seahawks did last year? And this Rams team isn't really that good. The Seahawks are just that bad. I think that the I think it was just week one. It's like we're basing everything off of week one right at the moment. If this was week thirteen, okay, maybe. But it's not. It's week one. 
everyone, yeah, we have the preseason, but like what what like we said before, it's the preseason is really just for those that are struggling to get a position spot to get a position spot. Position, yeah, position spot. There we go. So I still think the Los Angeles Rams are terrible. And until they can build something up, I will still think the same until like week eight or nine. And they actually have a positive record. So and on top of that, until I'm shown differently, I think the Seattle Seahawks still have a chance of at least making the wild card. Yeah, I know Dom thinks I'm delusional, but I, I guess I guess David, for me, like I understand what you're saying. It's just week one, but I mean Matthew Stafford threw to two wide receivers. Two two Atwell is one of them, who I think arguably people thought after this year he probably was gonna be out of the league. Like he was not very productive. And then the other guy was a fifth round draft pick. That was combined. They had over 200 some yards. So on a Seattle team that like, I think is a, is a good team. Obviously they're young. Geno Smith is, we have to see if he can continue the sex success from last year. But you know, you think that they're a good quality team, David. I, I think that they could still be a good team within the NFL. Dom maybe doesn't, but other people still do. And they didn't just beat Seattle. They walked all over them. So where are we at? Like in reality, like I know it's week one, but I don't think that we thought that the offense was capable of that. There was no Cooper cup two no names just caught for over 200 yards. Like, what are we like? What is happening? You know what I mean? Like, that's why I want to know, like, were we wrong or like, do the Seahawks just suck? Like, like... No, 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 we weren't wrong about the Rams. And yes, the Seahawks are that bad. Let's not forget that last year, the Seahawks had one of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah. And halfway through the year, Geno Smith reminded us, yeah, this is Geno Smith. Yeah. Like he had a, he had a great, you know, first month and a half to two months of the season, but then he came back down to earth. But the first month or so of the season was so good, everyone overlooked his decline in play throughout the course of the season. So the fact that the defense is still bad and Geno Smith is still the Geno Smith that he was the first 10 years of his career shouldn't really surprise anybody. Um, The Rams still have a bad roster. It's just Matthew Stafford's a better quarterback than Geno Smith is. So he clearly he was going to be able to – out-duel Geno Smith. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think – I do agree with you, David, right? I think we need to wait a couple weeks. But yeah. it just it just is telling. Like, I don't know. That's It was just weird. It, and and also, like, maybe, maybe we were thinking in terms of Matthew Stafford not being fully healthy. And Matthew Stafford fully healthy, I think we could argue, right? He's – top 10 quarterback in the league if he's healthy like I mean so I'm not surprised that he got all those guys involved but it's just very interesting I don't know let us know what you guys think at home was everybody wrong about the Rams the Seahawks that bad 
Should we pump the brakes like David said? Do you think both teams just suck like Dom does? Where are you guys at on this? Uh, let's go ahead and move into our last topic here. Obviously, we saw the Chiefs fall to the Lions Thursday night. I think a lot of that had to do with not having their top defensive player and their top offensive weapon, um, but they still lost. The Jets lost Aaron Rodgers, so clearly I think we're all in agreement that they're probably out of Super Bowl contention. Two teams played extremely well. We had the Dolphins and the 49ers. With the way they looked, obviously injuries pending, should these be the two teams to beat going forward? Because the because Philly didn't look all that great against the Patriots either. So 49ers for the NFC, Dolphins for the AFC. What do you guys think? I still, going into this season, I think we all could agree that the 49ers and the Eagles were the best teams in the NFC. Um, I think that the Patriots were a better competition for the Eagles than, than the 49ers were for the Steelers, or the Steelers were for the 49ers. Um, I, until proven otherwise, I think the the 40, the Eagles are still the best team, the NFC. Um, as impressed as I am with Brock Purdy, I'm still going to take um, Jalen Hurts over Brock Purdy. Um, I, I think overall, these are two of the most complete teams in the league. I still would slightly give the edge to the Eagles. Um, in terms of the Dolphins over the Chiefs, I mean, it's it's hard. Going off of week one, it's hard not to make the case for the Dolphins being the team to beat um, just with how well their offense played. Their defense still kind of con- um, concerns me, though. And eventually, um, Travis Kelsey is going to be back. Chris Jones already signed his you know extension. Well, not so much an extension, just got more money this year. Um, so the, the Chiefs are going to be – they're going to go back to being the Chiefs that, that we know. Um, so uh, in the long run, I'm not too concerned for them. Um, I just need to see a little bit of of a better defensive outing going forward from the Dolphins to really, really consider them a contender. And I think that the 49ers, the 49ers have always been kind of, if not the top team, top team in, in the NFC, definitely top three at least in the last, like, five years or so. So, they're definitely up there. However, the Miami Dolphins have always been kind of like, at least in the last couple of years, been up and down. It's like they have the the highlight moments of where they can show, hey, we can be an absolute freaking amazing team. Why don't you give us a chance? But also they show us, yeah, we're also the worst team in the NFL. So, with the up and down, it's hard to say that they they are the the team in the AFC, especially considering the consistency of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, we have our doubts for the Kansas City Chiefs, but at least they can they can hold their own even with some significant questions. Yeah, I think all valid points. You know, I. Again, these are kind of overreaction, you know, topics week one, things going on uh, We as we look at the landscape of the NFL. But 
No, I think I think right up there, the the Dolphins should be in the conversation with the Chiefs for the the best team in the AFC and and the team to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. And I think we had the 49ers alongside the Eagles anyway, but you know, watching them play you know, knowing now that Brock Purdy is healthy and he's back and he's he's still playing the same consistent football that he was before the injury. I think that, that changes things, at least for me, in the NFC, because I think the uh I think the 49ers just are just have a more explosive play calling. Um and I think that matters. Cause I think when you look at talent wise, it's it's pretty close. Um I don't think it's far off. I think even with Christian McCaffrey, as long as he stays healthy, I think that's that tips the scale offense wise to the uh offensively to the 49ers. And then defense wise, the Eagles don't have a Nick Bosa. They have good defense, but they don't have a Nick Bosa. So I think they, the, they don't they don't have a Nick Bosa, but they have you know, a very, very solid defensive line. I think collectively they may not have a standout player like a Nick Bosa, um, but I think collectively they have one of, if not the best, defensive lines in football. But, I mean, so the 49ers. I mean, there's other players on that defensive line for the 49ers than Nick Bosa. Like, I get what you're saying. Like I said, I think, obviously, yes, I gave them their credit. They have a really good defense. Their offense, their defensive line, super solid. But... To have a guy who can affect games the way that Nick Bosa can, um, it's like it's like a guy like T.J. Watt, right? The only reason that the Steelers kind of stay in games a lot of the time is because T.J. Watt is able to force so many turnovers. Nick Bosa is the same way, so I think that to me right now that just gives them a little bit of the edge, right? I don't think that they're so much better than the Eagles, but I think seeing Brock Purdy healthy and perform the way he performed, I think that changes my opinion of, of who really is the team to beat in the NFC at this point. Um, and that may change, but that's just me. I still think Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs should be the team to beat as of right now. Now, if they start dropping some games, then we can change, you know, I can change that. We can have a different discussion, but I think we're all in agreement on that one. So I don't know. Let's know what you guys think at home. Who's the, who's the team to beat in the AFC? Who is the team to beat in the NFC and why? If you want to, or you can just tell us and tell me you don't have to say why. That's just your opinion. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and move into our fourth quarter. This is our projection time. Again, this first one here was uh, put on here before the injury, but we'll go over it. It still should be a good game. Um, but it, the first thing I wanted to go over, guys, you know, what's your what's your thoughts on the Jets versus Cowboys game? I think the Cowboys are going to win that one. Um, I was a little bit more excited. Mm -hmm. As much as it pains me, Cowboys on that one too. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I want to say Cowboys, but this seems like the Cowboys thing to do. Come out week one, get everybody's hopes up, and then go into week two and crap the bed. So um, I think it's going to be a close game. For whatever reason, I just have a feeling. I could be wrong, but I do think the Cowboys... I just have no faith in Zach Wilson. No, I don't either, but I don't know. We'll see. I think the Cowboys win, but I don't think it's like a blowout. Um, The other one, so really the only, I think, what looked like good primetime game 
for this week is Monday night Browns versus Steelers. I would have loved to go to it, was planning on going to it, but uh, work scheduled me for some leadership training this week and changed my schedule around. So thank call you. Off. Yeah, well, I can't call it leadership training. You can't call off for leadership training. <laughs> no, no, I'm sick. <laughs> but uh, thank you, work. Um, but Browns versus Steelers, obviously, we have the Browns who I don't think we got to see the full breadth of that offense because of the weather this past week. I think if the weather is a little bit better, we're going to get to see that full breadth of the offense. And we have the Steelers who are coming off just getting absolutely dominated by the 49ers, looking for a little redemption, looking for a little revenge, and the Browns are going to be on the other side of that. So I think this will be a good um, division matchup. What do you guys think about this game? I think the Browns are going to take it. Um, I think they're a better roster um, up and down. I, I know the Steelers have a good or very good defense. Um, I just have more faith in this entire Browns roster than the Steelers roster. As much as I want the Steelers to beat Deshaun Watson, um, I'm going to have to go Browns on this as well because it's like I went Bengals last week and I got destroyed on that matter. So, yeah. I don't like, I think it's going to be a close game. I do think the Browns squeak it out. I think everything comes down to who the better quarterback is. And everything has shown me that Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback than Kenny Pickett. So I think when realistically you look weapons wise, I think Nick, Nick Chubb is a better running back than what the Steelers have. Um, I think the Steelers wide receivers are very unproven. So I think offensively, I think the Browns have that leg up. I think the only thing that's going to help the Steelers stay close is that defense and whether or not they can put pressure on Deshaun Watson and make him uncomfortable. Um, I don't know. I, I'm going to sound a little biased, but they have the best defensive player on the team in the league. So if he can affect the game like he can affect the game, then I think that gives them a chance. But I agree. I think the Browns come out on top. I think the Browns, it's going to be weird to say, but this is probably looking like the best team in the division right now. Um, now the Bengals could come back, start playing like we know the Bengals play, but there's just a lot of question marks on that team. And, uh, and I, like Dom says, I have no faith in Lamar Jackson to really throw the ball. He can now he can prove us wrong. He could have developed into a true passer and he can change his game. Everybody can do that. But they don't really have a threat at running back. And I just don't know if they really have the weapons for him to throw to. Love OBJ, but two ACL injuries. What really is he? Um you know, Zay Flowers is is a or Zay Jones, Zay, Zay Flowers, I believe. Um, he's a rookie. So I don't know. Browns win, but it's a close game. It's a gritty game. It's usually always a gritty game. They don't really blow each other out. Um, that's just kind of how it goes between these two teams. So I don't know. Let us know what you guys think at home. I know a lot of you guys are probably Browns fans. Not many of you are Steelers fans. So obviously you're gonna want the Browns to win, but you know, really look at it and, you know, give your honest opinion. But I think most people are going to pick the Browns in this one. 
like I said, better quarterback that usually gets you the win unless you play on Thursday night against the Detroit Lions. All right, last topic. <laughs> um, after week one, we got to see, you know, the three main quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks in action here. So I'll give you a quick rundown of their stats. So CJ Stroud played Baltimore. They ended up losing 25 to nine. CJ was 28 for 44, 242 yards, no touchdowns. Then you had Bryce Young. They played Atlanta. They lost 24 to 10. Bryce Young was 20 for 38, 146 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. And then Anthony Richardson, who they played Jacksonville, lost 31 to 21. He was 24 for 37, 223 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. I think rushing-wise, he was the most effective out of the three. He had 10 carries for 40 yards and one touchdown. So out of those three guys, who do you think had the best week one? And who looks to maybe be in position to have the best season going forward? Anthony Richardson and Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I was going to say Anthony Richardson as well. Because it's like, well, you said CJ Stroud the first, was the first one, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah. It, he didn't exactly do that great. And... Neither did the other one as well. I mean, listen, I I do think this is what I'm going to say, right? I think maybe we're getting caught up in the electricity of what is Anthony Richardson, right? Another guy that can come out and do a lot of things that Lamar Jackson does that we haven't really seen. Um, But I don't know. I think him and C.J. Stroud, passing-wise, had a very similar game. They were both around 63 64% passing. They both had over 230 yards passing. Obviously, C.J. didn't throw a touchdown, but he didn't throw an interception either. I think Anthony Richardson is the better offensive weapon at this point because he can use his legs a little, obviously, better than C.J. Stroud can. I'm not surprised that Bryce Young struggled. I didn't really think that he was the best quarterback coming out of the draft anyway, but I think he's going to have the most growing pains in Carolina just because I don't really think that he has very many weapons around him, but I don't know. I think right now for me, CJ and Anthony Richardson are tied. I think Bryce Young is, you know, in second behind both of them or in third, I guess if you want to say, but Who's going to have the better season going forward? I think when you look at like a statistic standpoint, I think Anthony Richardson will have a better season because he's going to have more rushing yards. But I think when you talk about a pure passer, I think CJ Stroud is the more accurate. He is a little bit, he's going to turn the ball over less. Um, So I think that's, what's going to be important. Is that going to win you games? I don't know because I don't know if he's going to throw that many touchdowns either. So I think you have to take the good and the bad, right? But I think CJ is going to be the better overall passer. I think Anthony Richardson is going to be the better overall offensive weapon. And I think Bryce Young is going to struggle the most. That's kind of my prediction. So I don't know. Let us know what you guys think at home about that. Obviously, we ran through a lot of different topics. 
I'm going to say that uh, we killed it this week and we don't need to do an overtime drive because I feel like if we went into our overtime drive, we would be uh, encroaching on a really long episode here. <laughs> I will avoid the pain for you guys. But like I said, I think we crushed it in four quarters. 49ers versus, 49ers versus Steelers. We don't need overtime. All right. We don't need it. If there's anything that we didn't talk about, <laughs> please let us know. We will definitely try to um, go over it next week. If there's anything you want us to talk about, any games going forward, let us know. Other than that, I'm Nick. I was joined by Dom and David. We did our best today, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. You can catch us on uh, Apple, Spotify, and Google if you want to listen to us. We have a bunch of platforms. We usually post. There's a link. Click on it. Um, Takes you to all of our social media, everywhere you can listen to us. But this was another episode of Two Minute Drill presented by Deep Dive Sports. And uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Two Minute Drill. And make sure to follow the show on Instagram at Two Minute Drill Podcast. D-D-S. Don't forget to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. Also, comment on all our posts and episodes. We would love to hear what you think about the show and what we talk about each week. And as always, two-minute drill listeners, until next time.